The game of life has its ups and downs, but you should never lose focus of your goals. And you can't let yourself be beat because of lack of effort. The first step of any financial plan is to lay out your goals, and that's the topic of today's show. Hey Money Geeks, this is the Money Bagel Show. We are a community of financial nerds who want to make smarter financial decisions and get an accelerated path to financial freedom. Today's show is about setting life goals and then translating them into financial terms. If that's something you need help with, then stick around. I'm Gabe Kaplan, I'm a certified financial planner and a CPA running a specialized fee-only advisory firm in New York City. And my sole purpose is to help you make smarter money decisions. I'm really pumped about today's show. First, we'll go through the most important pieces of news that could affect your financial plan. Then we will go over today's topic, how to set financial goals. And by the end of the show, you'll be able to set up your own goals and translate them into financial goals. And that's not all. We'll answer questions from our listeners and still leave time for my wife's favorite part of the show, our trivia. But before we begin, we have to go through our disclaimer. This podcast is not advice, it's just education. You definitely shouldn't take advice from me on this show, really. You shouldn't take advice from anyone that you're listening on the internet or reading blogs or anything else. Now, this is all great information, and I really hope you can use it, but I don't know anything about you, so don't take advice from me, and I would never try to give you advice. I only give advice to clients, so before you make a decision, talk to your legal advisor, talk to your tax advisor, talk to your financial advisor, and realize that this is just helpful hints in education. Now let's talk about what's happening in the news right now. Hiring bounces back. So U.S. employers added 224,000 jobs in June, easing fears of a hiring slowdown and showing a strong labor market that could propel domestic economy, even though it's facing threats from abroad, meaning trade tensions. German factory orders slumped in May, and this is the latest sign of Europe's temporary slowdown turning into a more serious downturn. Markets are taking notes, and the yields of European bonds have fallen dramatically in the past couple of weeks, as investors bet on policy easing, and that policy easing is coming to the U.S. also. European governments are cashing in, with both Spain and France auctioning debt at record low borrowing costs in the past month. This will likely put further pressure on U.S. yields. So that's it for today's market note. Let's move on to today's topic, goals. In the last episode, we learned about creating your financial plan, which essentially is a roadmap to where you want to go. Your goals are a natural beginning point and end point of your financial plan. So we'll go over a few easy ways to organize those goals. But before we dive in into the details of goal setting, let's get one thing straight. So although personal and financial goals are different, they often influence each other. So what I'm saying is that personal and financial goals operate in tandem. If you achieve one, you're usually achieving the other. For example, if your personal goal is to be healthier, you may need a financial goal that's aligning your income to higher cost food or a gym membership. So achieving that goal takes a financial toll. There are obviously cheaper ways to do this, which is going out and running outside and eating just less food in general, but that's up to each individual person and how they want to achieve the goal. As you review your financial plan each year, check that your financial goals align with your personal values and goals and vice versa. Just like financial advisors tend to divide up personal goals and financial goals, they also tend to think about goals in terms of their timelines. And that's an important point because goals have different timelines. For example, 
if you want to replace your car the next year, that's a one-year timeline that should be in your bucket of short-term goals. Other goals, such as buying a home within five years, might be a mid-range goal. And long-term goals, such as retirement, if you're far away from retirement, maybe 30 years, then that's a long-term goal. And each one of those goals should be bucketed in different timeline buckets. So the actions laid out in your financial plan will vary based on the timeline of your goals. For example, your actions for the short-term goals should be more aggressive than your actions for the long-term goals. But your actions for your long-term goals need to be sustainable over a longer period of time. So no matter the duration of your goal, it needs to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time. It's a famous SMART acronym. So specific, your goal needs to be specific enough that there is a viable end date. An easy way to make sure your goal is specific is to define the who, what, when, where, and why of each goal. If your goal is too broad, you'll never be able to achieve it. It needs to be measurable. You need to be able to track your progress via measurable metrics. If you can't track your progress towards the goal, then it becomes too easy to become discouraged and give up. Maintaining a measurable goal ensures that you know where you are right now and if you're on your way to success. Your goal needs to be achievable. It needs to be within the realm of possibilities. You can't have utopian goals. It just doesn't make sense. This is the moment where you have to be painfully honest about with yourself. Can you achieve that goal? And no matter how badly a fish wants to fly, that's not realistic goal. Don't guarantee failure by setting goals that are not achievable. They need to be relevant. Your micro goals should be in line with your short-term goals. Will it move you forward to the place where you want to be in life? Ensure that each goal is in line with its objective. Time. So that's the last one. Smart with a T. Set a goal completion date. Put a deadline. Break it into milestone micro goals to keep up your motivation. And for those techies, there's a bunch of applications out there that can help you achieve this. Let's consider an example of how to turn a common financial goal into a smart goal. And the goal in question right now is building up an emergency fund. And the persona we're going to use is a contractor, someone who's laying down floors in multiple single-family homes, let's say to be specific, in the suburbs and in the Sunbelt. And if you think about it, in the last economic recession, the Sunbelt really took a hard hit. There was an enormous amount of construction going on or happening before the recession and after when the recession happened, things kind of stalled for these folks. And that lasted for a couple of years. And so you really need to have a, a nice cushion to, to survive there. Not only are you competing for less jobs, but also the pricing becomes incredibly competitive. This is something that for anybody who's self-employed or has their own business and doesn't have an enormous amount of cash flow and stability of cash flow, if it's kind of sporadic, the type of income you're receiving, then you really need to consider an emergency fund. So let's talk about the smart aspect. So S specific, you need to define the who, you in this case, the what, the when, the where, and why. So the why, we already talked about the why. The what is an emergency fund. So here the really big questions are when and where are you going to put the emergency fund? So are you going to put it in a savings account? Are you going to put it in a checking account? Is it going to go in a certificate of deposit, which is kind of like money locked up for a specific amount of time? Are you going to ladder those certificate of deposit? So you always have a little bit of cash available every 30 days. You have many small certificate of deposit that last, let's say, for a year. So you get good interest rates. 
But then let's say you have 100,000, you put 20,000 in month one, another 20,000 in month three, another 20,000 in month six. And so every year, month one, you have a renewal of 20,000 in month in the next certificate of deposit, when it kind of expires and the interest is paid and everything, you can renew it. So if things go badly, you have access to that money on a schedule. So that could be a one strategy. I mean, who knows? The details really depend on your own personal financial situation. And then the when, when would you like to have the fully fledged emergency fund? In other words, what is your end date? When do you want to have it fully funded? So once you have that kind of information, we move on to the M, the measurable. So you can measure the dollar amount and the timeline of your goal. So if you divide the end amount by your timeline to get a sense of how much you should be saving per month and you're not getting there, then right now the goal is not being successful and achieving it. But if your goal is to save $24,000 within 24 months, that means $1,000 per month and you're, let's say, saving $2,000 and you're surpassing your goal and that's great. There's success pretty soon. It needs to be achievable. Again, that's kind of what we just talked about. It needs to be relevant to you. Yes, it is relevant to you. It's not relevant to Bill Gates having a $24,000 emergency fund. So that needs to be considered. And finally, smart goals, the T, they need to be timed. So again, the 24 months, that needs to be your deadline. If you stretch it out further, then Maybe you could go into the territory of the next recession and you might not have a fully fledged emergency fund ready by then. So breaking down your goals into smaller chunks really makes sense for one simple reason is that it makes it easier to measure your success and stay motivated and easier to achieve. So that's it for this example. We're going to move on to the improvement idea I have for this week. And it's twice a year you should write down your goals and this step sets you up for thinking to consider each goal as a reality rather than a pipe dream. And so that is a very clear kind of task that I think you should follow here. Every six months, write down your goals, look at your previous goals, make sure they're aligned with your current thinking and track them. Monitor your progress, especially for the long-term goals you really need to break down each goal into digestible bites and then celebrate your achievements, but expect setbacks. Perfectionism and goal setting are not compatible. And then finally, as usual, ask for help if you need it. So let's move on to our listeners. An email came in last week from our audience. How do I figure out how much I need to save for retirement? And this is a big loaded question. It really depends on a ton of variables. And I'm talking about just to start off is, well, how much do you want to spend in retirement? What age do you want to retire? And how long do you think you'll live? That's you know, a very relevant question here because how much money will be paid out during retirement? Do you have other sources of income during retirement? Social security is one, but how safe is it? Who knows? And then finally, like, what's your risk tolerance? Are you okay investing in... 100% equity. Do you feel uncomfortable with the market movements? So you want to have a little bit of fixed income. It really depends. There's no straight answer here. Every situation is different. Every situation needs to be personally analyzed. So let's move on to trivia time. This is my wife's favorite section. How does this work? 
So go to moneybagel.com slash trivia and answer this episode, episode two, questions. So the person who answers all questions correctly and fastest will get extra points. At the end of the year, I will aggregate all the points and the winner gets a surprise. So the questions this week are, what year was Google founded? How many companies does the S&P 500 have? Kind of an obvious one. What is the oldest publicly traded company in the US? Those are the questions. So again, what year was Google founded? How many companies does the S&P 500 have? And what is the oldest publicly traded company in the US? So let's talk about our next episode now. In our next episode, we'll talk about financial metrics. Everyone wants to achieve financial success, but how do you know which personal finance metrics to track? We talked today about tracking your success, dividing your goals into smaller bite chunks. How do you track them? What should you be tracking? A financial plan is as good as the data that's in it. So let's make sure that the data that's in it means something to you. Did you like this episode of The Money Bagel Show? We'd love if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Opinions voiced in this material offer general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All performance references are historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested in directly. Gabriel Kaplan or The Money Bagel Show are not affiliated with or endorsed by any firm or governmental agency. 